What's up, world? I'm Cameron McKinney, and this is Pop Culture Spotlight, a podcast about the movies Yesterday and Big Time Adolescence. But first, let's talk about the movie Yesterday, starring Himesh Patel and Lily James. Here's a quick synopsis. Jack Malik is a struggling musician who is about to give up on his musical career when a cataclysmic event occurs and the world forgets the band the Beatles except him. So, he uses their historical musical catalog to rise to prominence. There's a lot going on in this movie, and I enjoyed most of it, but I do have some issues with it, but first, I'll get into what I like. First of all, Himesh Patel as Jack is really good. He is really funny in the role, and most importantly, you root for him, which... This makes it a good breakout role for someone. He delivers a good leading performance because if you don't root for his character at the end, you could end up hating this movie overall. I mean, this movie lives and dies with whether or not you root for this character. And overall, I root for the character of Jack Malik. But the performance that blew me away is that of Lily James. She is phenomenal in this movie. And there are at times I'm watching this thinking, why aren't you the only one who remembered the Beatles? Why aren't you the one on stage? I feel like sometimes you watch a movie and you're like, someone's performance in this movie is so much better than everyone else's performance in this movie. And that's not a diss to Himesh Patel. He's fine in this movie, but this is the movie I realized Lily James is really a superstar level talent. Like, I somewhat got that after seeing Baby Driver, but then I saw this movie and I'm like, wow, I really want you to be the lead character of this movie. I mean, I just thought the arc of her character was confusing. I mean, she's the love interest slash band manager. I mean, that's just, it's just a confusing arc for a character type like this. I get that they were trying to do something different, but I think they really missed the ball here. Like, I don't actually think there's enough scenes with her in this movie. I mean, there are scenes with her crying when he is singing these songs, and you're like forgetting that they're Beatles songs, and you're only invested in her tears, which I think is the point of the scene, but you almost forget what the movie is almost about, and you're like, I just want to follow this character for the next two hours. I don't really even care about this guy's musical career. That's how good this performance was, and Lily James was proving she can have chemistry with just about anyone. Ansel Elgort in Baby Driver, Himesh Patel in... Yesterday, I mean, this is a serious star on the rise here. I want to see her be the lead of a movie that's not a Mamma Mia movie. I want to see Lily James' star rise to the point where, yes, I would see a movie about her being the only person on Earth who remembers the Beatles. I think she should be more than just a love interest in these kind of movies moving forward. That's what I hope for Lily James's career. I have to say this, the funniest thing about this movie is Kate McKinnon, famous for Saturday Night Live, as the brutally honest manager of Jack's career. It is hysterical. It is a bit, but it is a bit that never gets old. She kind of has that like Will Ferrell thing where she can do whatever she wants in a movie and make it perfectly fit. Like remember when Will Ferrell used to randomly show up in the Austin Powers movies and get killed and you're like, okay, I'm fine with this because it's Will Ferrell. Like Kate McKinnon can get away with this bit of being the brutally honest manager. 
I mean, it's clearly a satire on that job of the cliche manager who goes against their client's wishes. This movie is at its best when it's trying to be comedic. I mean, there's a moment when Jack is trying to name his album with the studio, and he's naming old Beatles albums, and the studio is saying those are garbage titles. Like, that's great satire. That's when the movie is at its best. It's when it's trying to be more sincere and honest is when it brutally fails because the premise is just silly. Like, they should have just tried to make this a very silly movie. They're somewhere in between the, like, we're serious, but we're also comedic. Like, this movie doesn't quite understand what genre it ultimately wants to be. I mean, that Lily James performance, which is so dramatic, and that Kate McKinnon, which is so comedic, performance should not exist in the same movie. Now I want to take this moment to talk about Ed Sheeran. He is in this movie. He is portraying a version of himself who is jealous of Jack. And I want to talk about his career in acting, which is so strange, but also somewhat hilarious. He was in an episode of Game of Thrones with a quick cameo that he was so frustrated by, he quit Twitter. This past year, I saw him in an episode of Modern Love, where he played a homeless man. And now he's in the movie yesterday, portraying himself being somewhat of... Jack's mentor and then Jack's rival. I thought he was actually pretty good in the movie. I mean, I did read that the movie was going to go with Chris Martin of Coldplay. I love Chris Martin of Coldplay. I much would have rathered that, but I am a fan of Ed Sheeran. He's not bad in the movie, but he also doesn't steal the movie either. I'm eager to see where his acting career goes. Again, that Game of Thrones, that episode of Modern Love, which is on Amazon if you want to check that out, and this, playing himself. I mean, he was good at playing himself, but again, I think everyone should be good at at playing themselves. Now, I told you about how, in this movie, nobody remembers the Beatles after this cataclysmic event. Well, there are other things in this movie that people don't remember or don't exist in this film, such as Coca-Cola, cigarettes, and the Harry Potter franchise. These were moments that were trying to be funny, like saying that these things don't exist, and those jokes just fell flat. The director of this movie is somebody whose work I totally enjoy, Danny Boyle. He made the movie Train Spotting and Steve Jobs, two of my all-time favorites with a great Ewan McGregor performance in Train Spotting and a great Michael Fassbender performance in Steve Jobs. I think with Yesterday... He makes a movie that is unique, it's fun, it's weirdly specific plot, visually it's stunning, and it gives a cool nod to the Beatles' past. Now let's talk about the things I really had issues with the movie yesterday. And it starts with, there's a bizarre moment where Jack meets a legendary musical figure from the Beatles' past, and it doesn't fit with the tone of the movie at all. Like, it's trying to be gravitas dramatic when I just spent an hour watching this comedic movie about this guy who's trying to get famous off of singing old Beatles songs. And now it's trying to be dramatic. I mean, when he meets this historical figure, from the Beatles past. I'm sure you can guess who he met. I just found it to be quite ridiculous and funny, but in a not so funny way. Like it wasn't funny on purpose. It was trying to be dramatic and the moment didn't work. It didn't have the weight that Danny Boyle thought that moment was going to have. This is probably my biggest issue with this movie. The end of the film prioritizes the romance in that it lets the main character off easy for what he did. They don't answer the moral question 
version of the movie. Was Jack right or wrong for using the Beatles music? At one point, the movie uses two characters to give Jack an out by saying the world needs their music no matter who sings it. It's the film that doesn't take a stance on the actions of the main character, which to me is a cop-out. I'm not saying Jack should be thrown in jail, but I think the only reason he gave up the music was because he was in love. Did he really think it was that bad before that? If he wasn't in love with this girl, would he have given up the music or would he just kept on being a music superstar based on the Beatles music? I'm sorry. As a fan of movies, this is the type of thing I'm going to think about in this silly, weird comedy that's trying to be dramatic. I also think the easier thing to have done would to be the cataclysmic event gets overturned and everyone also remembers the Beatles. They didn't do that. They still live in a world where most people don't remember the Beatles and they came to a frustrating end for this promising movie. That's how I feel. I do not like this movie ending at all. Overall, even though yesterday is flawed, I enjoyed it. It was a fun, easy watch, and at times it was hilarious. I recommend you check out yesterday. Now let's switch gears and talk about the comedy film Big Time Adolescent starring Griffin Gluck and Pete Davidson. Here's a quick synopsis. Mo is a 16-year-old who hangs out with his sister's troubled ex-boyfriend, Zeke. I absolutely loved almost everything in this movie, and that's that starts with the performances of Griffin Gluck and Pete Davidson. They are terrific in this film. They have an honest friendship, but at the same time, they are using each other. It's perfect for Davidson to play because he's not a bad dude. He just makes questionable decisions. And I think that's the kind of mold of character that we think of for Pete Davidson. I mean, I'm fascinated where Pete Davidson's career is going to go. I think he's going to end up being a better actor than he is a comedian. I mean, he's really good in this. I saw a stand-up special. I thought it was good, but I think this is a million times better than that. He's not really that memorable on Saturday Night Live. There's a Judd Apatow movie coming out later this year about his life in Staten Island. I think we're going to learn more about Pete Davidson, the person. He's going to be in the new Suicide Squad movie directed by James Gunn. Like, I think big things are about to happen for Pete Davidson's acting career. I think this is where he best fits his career is he's going to prove to be a really good actor. He gives a really good performance in big time adolescence that when we look back at Pete Davidson's career, we are going to look at this in the turning point of when we thought of Pete Davidson as a really good actor. I mean, the only other thing I've seen him act in was the movie Set It Up, the Netflix movie with Zoe Dooch, where he plays Glenn Powell's roommate. He's funny in that role, but this is the first time I've seen him in a leading role, and he really shines in this movie. Like, I think Pete Davidson gives a really good funny, but yet sad performance, which is what this character needed. It needed somebody who was funny, who you also can tell cares for this character of Mo, but is also really troubled and can't quite grow up. Another actor whose work I really enjoyed is in this movie, John Cryer. I grew up with Two and a Half Men. I love John Cryer as Alan. And to see him in this role, he is perfect. This is his best performance I've seen him in anything since Two and a Half Men. I know he's Lex Luthor in Supergirl. Sorry, I haven't seen it. This is the first memorable time I've seen him on screen since Two and a Half Men. And I think he absolutely killed in this role. He was not the cliche overprotective father. He had a reason to be be concerned about what his son was doing and he wasn't over the top. 
He is just somebody who's frustrated he's not getting to spend time with his 16-year-old son and a 23-year-old who is his daughter's ex-boyfriend is. I thought the scenes between John Cryer and Pete Davidson's characters were honest. They have a confrontation near the end of the film, which I think would actually happen in real life. Again, John Cryer is not being the -the over-the-top protective father that we see in these movies. He has a real reason to be mad at this guy. He, This guy is spending all this time with his son and by the end of the film his son is in serious trouble this film is the perfect first film from director jason orley it's a great mix of comedy and drama and it gives an honest depiction of how a role model good or bad can affect a teenager like zeke giving mo bad dating advice there are two scenes in this movie that i absolutely love there's a scene where zeke tells mo's sister that he loves her to me this is the epitome of this character he cannot read that the situation between him and her has changed and he cannot evolve and then the funniest scene in the movie is when mo tells his father played by john crier that zeke is going to start a podcast i thought that was the funniest moment in the movie that is some humor i can get behind being that i am hosting this podcast about this movie i found that moment to be hilarious i also like that the movie shows that mo knows his relationship with zeke is not going that well but because they're so close he cannot admit that they need to stop hanging out with one another like there's a moment when an old friend shows up to talk to zeke while mo is in the car and this moment is so uncomfortable and mo knows he doesn't want to be there but because of this bond he thinks he has with zeke that is brotherly like he cannot tell zeke i don't want to do this anymore like i think throughout the movie and griffin gluck is perfect in this movie you can see the moments where this character knows things are going too far and then for zeke you wonder if he only hanging out with mo because he's in love with mo's sister like both of these characters can't admit that they're hanging out with one another because of this brotherly bond or the fact that zeke can't get over mo's sister and the exact reason why I did not like the ending for yesterday is the absolute reason why I love the ending of Big Time Adolescence. It does not let its character get away with anything. The movie does not let Mo get away with anything. There are consequences for what Mo does in this movie. He doesn't get the girl at the end for me. That felt realistic. One of the most onic depictions of a coming of age story I have ever seen. Most of these movies, the kids do something terrible but they still get the girl or they still get to have the happy time at the end no mo does not get away with anything spoiler alert he gets expelled from school there are serious consequences for this character and for the things he did with zeke some of those things by the way are illegal If the movie had ended with Mo getting the girl and having this fun, wild ride with Zeke and still getting to have that same type of relationship with him, I don't think it would be as meaningful and or realistic. I think the ending of this movie is exactly what would happen if these events occurred in real life. I love how the movie didn't let there be some sneaky plan that would let Mo get off the hook for what he's done in the movie. Again, I don't want to spoil for what he did in the movie, but I'm just glad he didn't get away with it because too much of these movies are so similar where the main character gets back the girl, gets to keep the friendship with Zeke. Like that's how some of these movies would go because they're trying to entertain you and they're trying to be sappy and emotional. This movie is trying to be realistic, which 
which I think too much in comedies they don't try to do, which is why I think most comedy movies nowadays aren't very good. Like, I think the premise of this, the 16-year-old who hangs out with the 23-year-old ex-boyfriend of his sister, could would be and could be turned into some silly sitcom. Like, that's why I like this movie. It has a premise that is both serious and comedic. And the relationships of the people in this movie are honest, like Moe's sister with Pete Davidson's character, Zeke. She doesn't want her brother hanging out with Zeke. That is a real concern of hers. The father does does not want his son to hang out with Zeke. That is real. If this was some silly comedy, they would get over their differences and would let the son hang out with Zeke. No, this is an honest depiction of what would happen in real life if this kind of relationship occurred. The final scene of the movie is perfect because... It shows that Mo knows the relationship will never be the same and Zeke doesn't realize that things have changed, which is his biggest problem, not dealing with growing up and not dealing with anything changing. I mean, I think if you see this movie, you'll believe that Zeke cares for Mo, that there is some type of weird brotherly bond between these two. But again, I think their friendship is symbolic in the fact that neither one of them are willing to move on from one another because of Moe's brotherly bond with Zeke and because Zeke is secretly in love with Moe's sister and won't tell Moe that. I think one of the most powerful moments in the film is when Moe reveals to Zeke that he doesn't want to be like him because Zeke views himself as like a role model figure to Moe and when Moe's like no that would be one of the absolute worst things that could happen is that I turned out with you and there's such shock and the way Pete Davidson is playing it in that moment is just powerful like he's he's viewing his failure in the eyes of this kid because in that moment he's realizing that kid really doesn't want to be like me and he thinks that the kid should want to be like him I mean the Zeke character is not a bad guy but he will never admit when something is his fault his failure at his jobs his failures in relationships and there's this moment there's this karaoke moment that I think is kind of doesn't really fit in with the movie but I think it is a great another great Pete Davidson moment like it's just a sad moment where this is how he deals with a breakup instead of revealing to the other person how he's feeling he won't admit to Mo that he's struggling that he's still in love with Mo's sister he won't admit to his girlfriend that he doesn't want to break up with her he won't admit this he'll only do it in silence deep down Zeke knows that his life is not great but he has to play it off as the cool funny guy because that is the character in the mold he has built himself up to be to Mo he is trying to be a role model where he knows deep down he is nowhere near a role model type figure. I mean, when Mo is in trouble, he doesn't give him solutions to his problems. He just says stuff like, you're so young, everything is going to be okay. There's not going to be any real consequences for you. You're not a real person yet. He doesn't even view himself as a real person yet. He views his age as this idea of there can be so many failures. You're going to be given so many chances. He believes that to be true, and that's just not the case. There are are real consequences things have changed for Zeke's character and he can't deal with those issues head on so he 
He hides the fact that there are real consequences. Telling a 16-year-old, you're okay, you're going to get a million chances, there are no consequences, that's just bad advice. But that's also the advice that Zeke believes to be true. I've seen a lot of comedies about male bonding, and I find this to be one of the most honest depictions of that. I really enjoyed this movie, Big Time Adolescence. Again, I think Pete Davidson is phenomenal as Zeke, Griffin Gluck as Mo, he is another care actor on the rise. I love this movie. Almost everything about this movie, it is on Hulu. It's the first great comedy in a while. Check out Big Time Adolescence. Thanks for listening to this edition of Pop Culture Spotlight. I'm Cameron McKinney. There will be a new episode of the podcast every Thursday on Apple Podcasts and iTunes. While there's a lot going on in the world, there will still be episodes of this podcast, so please check those out. This week, I put the spotlight on the movies yesterday and big time adolescence and next week I'm putting the spotlight on actors Ben Stiller, Owen Wilson and the Apple TV Plus comedy series Mythic Quest Raven's Banquet so tune into that and please rate, review and subscribe 